everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tech Podcast. I am Daniel Yafus. So glad you guys joined. The the pitfall or the, the roller coaster has not stopped for the Miami Dolphins. Six straight, the latest, a crushing 23 to 20 loss. Uh, sorry, 20, 30 to 28 loss. I was thinking of last week. 30 to 28 loss to the Atlanta Falcons on a game winning field goal. Uh, and and really, you know, this past week has been just as much about you know outside the ball lines as inside the ball lines. Continued reports the team interest in trading for Houston, Texas quarterback Sean Watson. Brian Flores to follow and answered a lot of questions about that post game. We're going to get into a lot of that, but first I want to introduce this week's guest. We have Stephen D. Daniels, and I'm really excited uh, to introduce uh, this because we have Stephen D. Daniels, Network Director for the Miami Sports Media Podcast Network and Morning Show host of Clock Blockers uh, Monday through Friday at 8:30. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor to Stephen D. right now to introduce himself because uh, I've been on morning show every Tuesday morning uh, for really since I since I got here since I got to Miami and I joined the beat and we've been having a really good time talking Dolphins every Tuesday morning. But I'm gonna let Stephen D. kind of introduce himself and talk about what he's been doing lately. Well, Danny, thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited to come on. I've been looking forward to coming on your podcast. You've been on mine numerous times, uh, but you, you did a great introduction. Uh, but I'll follow up and say, <clears throat> my name is Stephen Daniels. Uh, I host a morning show every morning at 8 a.m. It used to be 8.30. It's 8 a.m. now. Gotcha. Uh, Monday through Friday, Clack Blockers, home of the number one Miami fan morning show uh, on MSM Podcast Network or Miami Sports Music Podcast Network. Uh, Miami Sports Music created by hip-hop artist, uh, Mr. Turnover Chain himself, the Honorable Solo D, my brother from another mother. Uh, and we have just created something really, really fun uh, over at Miami Sports Music. And we get to party with you every Tuesday and do some Miami Herald stuff and talk about the Miami Dolphins. I'd like to say it would be more of a party if they were winning. Yeah. But obviously it's been a rough six weeks. But nonetheless, man, thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. No, likewise. And, and again, it's been real cool coming every Tuesday morning, um, talking to you. I'm kind of getting able to branch myself out and get get more fans to kind of know me. Um, I know you were introduced me to Wayne College, which was really helpful for a, a story I wrote about the Dolphins fans in the U.K. So I want to say thank you for that. It's been cool, like I said, to kind of make those connections. Um, and, you know, we, we had a talk earlier Tuesday morning for the morning show about all things Dolphins. It's kind of an extension of that. Um, and, and really, I want to start with, uh, with Tua, you know, the, like I said, I've always said the most polarizing guy in, in South Florida right now, South Florida sports. Uh, you know, he, he came back, uh, made his second uh, straight start since fracturing those ribs. And um, it, it was a really, a, really a solid performance. I mean, I know that he's going to have his, you know, he's going to have people on the other side, both sides of the argument kind of um, dug in and how they feel about him. But I thought that was a really solid performance for the second straight uh, game and um, really this one especially. I know he threw two interceptions and one that put the team in a in a fourth quarter hole, but I thought that he he did really well to get them out. And you know the kind of the the lasting view on that game is the final time he touched the ball, he put the ball in the end zone and he gave the team the lead with two twenty seven left. Um, and in that regard, I can't really ask more from kind of like Brian Forrest said. Uh, I was just curious, what did you what did you think? of his performance, what did you make of it, and kind of the way he's played since these two games back? Because it's really been like his best two-game stretch of his career so far. You know, it's funny that you say that. We're in the middle of a, of a six-game skid, 
and Tua Tagovailoa is in the process of progressing, and that's really tough to handle for South Florida sports fans because when you look at it, Tua is very polarizing from the fan base's perspective. You either love the guy or you hate the guy. There's no in-between, and hate's a strong word, but uh, I think that Tua is – the best way for me to say what Tua is is he's a project. I don't think he's a top-five pick. I think he's somebody that you draft late in the first round or a good second-round pick. But I don't know if I would have put him at five overall, hindsight being twenty twenty. Now, the day of the draft, I was all for him picking him at five. I was all for him going him, going uh, ahead of Justin Herbert. But if you look at what Tua, Tua is doing right now, he's progressing. He's getting better. He's making rookie, and I put that in quotation marks, mistakes. And that's okay. Uh, he's doing what you want your rookie quarterback. And, again, I put that in quotations. Remember, he didn't play a full season last year. As far as I'm concerned, he's still in his rookie campaign. Um, I I think that you're getting the best out of him right now. I don't think this is his ceiling. I don't think we we have seen his ceiling or know what his ceiling is yet. I think the reality of it is I, I think that we've only seen the tip of the iceberg of what he can be. But I have so many other skepticism uh, about the coaching staff and a million other things that make me nervous about Tua being our quarterback. Yeah, I. It's really funny. I feel like the past uh, past couple of weeks and really months, um, I've fallen more on the Tua defender side, <laughs> and I'm really. It's funny because I don't, I feel like I'm just Tua near. Uh, the 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 you the, the <laughs> golfing Twitter will call you a Tua near. Yeah, or two and on, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> I, I feel like I try to, I try to just, just give a, a a full view of the of the picture. You know, you know, I try to give a balanced view. That's really what my job is. Um, but I feel like um, I, I said, I tweeted it out. I feel like if he was playing for any other franchise, he wouldn't receive such criticism game after game after game. And really, I'm thinking like in a vacuum, if you take a player who is in his 13th start and he's played the well he played the way he has the past two weeks. People would actually be happy with this progress, but instead, people are pointing out the interceptions, which are which are which the interceptions were bad and it wasn't all his fault. You know, a lot played a role in that. Um, but I think that if you look at his 13th start and the way he's played the last two, you like feel encouraged with the way he's played. And I feel like kind of to your last point, he he's actually played well in spite of everything, you know, in spite of a bad offensive line, in spite of pass catchers being in and out of the lineup, in spite of questionable coaching, he's been able to do this, which is why I feel more encouraged, um, you know, after these two games. And, you know, like I said, 15 game streak is, is bad and it's not good. And it's hard to kind of like filter out and find the positives within that. But we have to, we can't, like I said it before, we can't look at everything in black and white. It's a lot more complex than that. Somebody had told me this time last week, two is going to throw for four touchdowns and that 40 passing attempts. I'm taking that all day long. I'm taking that all day long. And I think it would give us the – and I would have said we would have won the game. I think the reality of what most people have to realize is this fan base is jaded. This fan base has PTSD. And I can tell in the comments on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, you could tell during it, our live show on Tuesdays. Like, it's the, what you have to remember, Daniel, is this team, this fan base hasn't seen this team win a playoff game in over 20 years. Marino, who was the GOAT, 
who is our Mecca, our end-all, be-all, the man, the myth, the legend, even he never won a Super Bowl. And so you have to look at that. I don't think what this franchise has ever seen in the last 20, 25 years is what does a good quarterback actually look like? We thought we might have had it, you know, a few years ago with Tannehill, but, you know, different regimes, different coaching staffs, obviously could never stay upright, goes to Tennessee, has the number one running back in all of football, and obviously is one of the best game managers in the NFL right now. You thought, you know, for a while, hey, Chad Henney could be the guy. And then we could start going down the list. Cleo Lemon, uh, Trent Green, uh, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Moore, uh, I mean, Chad Pennington. I mean, the list goes on, Daniel. And it, it's, we, we, what we want is, as a fan base, what we want is to have steadiness and competitiveness on a year in, year out basis. And what we've gotten is a roller coaster. And we're sick of it. We're sick of it. We're tired of it. And that's kind of, that's exactly where it is right now. No, I've definitely come to understand that in my couple months here. And that kind of leads me to, you know, the elephant in the room, you know, the Deshaun Watson reports and rumors and with the trade deadline coming up um, really in a week, you know, a week from today, I believe it's going to be 2 p.m., Tuesday at 4 p.m., um, you know, by then we'll have a bit of clarity. Um, you know, there are reports that Sean Watson is expected to be traded by then, um, and it might not be to, to the Dolphins. There are other teams um, like the Panthers um, that are involved and interested in trading for him. You know, I feel like, you know, regardless of, you know, this is a football story, but we always have to, always have to kind of mention um, he hasn't played this season. He's facing close to two dozen allegations um, or civil, you know, civil complaints. Um, of sexual harassment or misconduct from um, uh, massages um, and, and there's masseuses, also some, yeah. and masseuses, thank you. <laughs> um, and there's also um, you know ten criminal complaints out. So that's obviously that's the you know it's the cloud over his head over the Texans' head right now. It could potentially be the Dolphins' problem, and it, and it leads me to to ask you and and really something that that we spoke about earlier, and I want to con- continue to ask you again. Um, I feel like. I've seen these informal polls, um, you know, we at the Herald have done it. I know other papers have done it. These informal polls asking, um, you know, who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have Tua? Would you rather have Deshaun Watson? And on those polls, it's like 70%, 80%. You know, I checked the Herald poll um, earlier today. It was like 70% in favor of sticking with Tua. Uh, we were on the morning show. I was on the morning Just show. Just under 100 people, and it was 50-50 almost. It was like okay, 52 yeah. to 48. And but, I thought that, yeah. I thought that was a little more representative of what it really should be. But I'm just curious, you know, you talk to fans way more than me. I mean, how would they, how do they really like sit on this? I mean, it's, it's hard kind of on the surface to say, Hey, let's trade for a quarterback who has all these allegations over his head. But how do you think fans really feel about this and would react to an acquisition of Deshaun Watson? You know, it's a very fair question that you bring up, Daniel. What I will say to you is this. Let me me just kind of reverse back a little bit, backtrack to Tua, and then come back into the Watson situation. I think Tua will be a star quarterback in the NFL. I just don't think it will be for the Miami Dolphins, and here's why. And I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit. I believe it's the coaching. I don't believe we have the veteran coaching inside of, you know, the offensive room or the defensive room 
to build up young players to make them better than their talent that they that they have to begin with. You have two offensive coordinators that are rookie offensive coordinators, right? Um, we had an opportunity to have Jim Caldwell in the building. He had a medical situation, and who knows what happened with that, right? Um, and there's a lot of rumors, as ifs or buts, of what happened there. But the reality is you, you have a guy like Illuminor, who is an offensive lineman for the Vegas Raiders, who was on in our training camp, and we let him walk out the door. So I, I question this coaching staff's talent evaluation and coaching to the best of their ability to help players get to that next level. So with that being said, I think Tua will be great in the NFL. I just don't think it'll be here as long keeping. Now, having said that, I think that's keeping the current coaching staff the way that it is. There needs to be some changes. If it stays the way it is, that's how I feel. Now, with that being said, if you have a chance to go get a top five quarterback in the NFL like Deshaun Watson, you have to pull the trigger. This franchise has literally done everything, Daniel, to change their losing ways, their mediocre ways of the last 20 years. And what I have realized is they haven't done one thing. They've done everything except one thing, and that's trade the farm for one player. And in my opinion, I say give them whatever they want, go out and get Deshaun Watson. Now, let's take the the off-the-field stuff to begin with. And as far as I'm concerned, until criminal charges are pressed against him, you are innocent until proven guilty. That's what our beautiful Constitution states. You are guilty, or you are innocent until proven guilty. Now, social media will state you are guilty until proven innocent, and that's the world that, unfortunately, we live in. And if you look at that, I don't know if Deshaun Watson has the upper hand in this situation nor do the Houston Texans, because the reality is they need to get the most that they can for him, or they're going to be on the hook for $35 million. And they realize that if no allegation or no criminal charges have been pressed yet, they're going to be on the hook for that $35 million. And, and, and so that's kind of where my, my standpoint is, is Houston's best opportunity is to trade him before the trade deadline. Miami's best opportunity is to not trade for him until the offseason. And so which one is going to give or take first? And and that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I, I am of the mindset that I think we should go after Watson. Even if Watson gets suspended for a year, whatever the case is, you got to remember, Ben Roethlisberger got suspended for four to six games, something like that. Yeah, and I don't think he was convicted. I think and he, he wasn't convicted. Or, he yeah. settled out of court. Yeah. So I think worst-case scenario, I think he gets suspended for a year or time already served, right, yeah. what this is. And I, I, I think he's worth I think he's worth trading for. And even if it blows up back in our face, I mean, hey, that's, that's so Dolphins is the way to put it right there. Yeah, that would be, yeah. I mean, worst-case scenario, if they trade for him, worst-case scenario happens, that would, that would be kind of a, a so Dolphins moment. I, I want, I wrote three things down, um, and and it's something we've talked about. Would you want that to be the Dolphins' problem right now? I'm I'm of the mindset that just not knowing. I mean, I'm sure that the Dolphins have their legal they have legal people who are looking into that. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm kind of thinking of, of thinking at it like, and I've, I've been consistent in saying I just wouldn't make the move right now. Um, I feel like as an organization, as you know, as 
there's an organization that has talked about getting the right people in the building, having people of high character, and like you said, innocent until proven guilty. I'm almost thinking, why would you want that to be your problem right now? Um, on the timing, I would say that, you know, while the, there's been reports that he's expected to be moved before November 2nd, I've also read another kind of story kind of laying out the fact that, um, you know, the Dolphins really, I mean, the Texans truly might not be pressured to move him um, by November 2nd because if the legal situation plays out and it plays out favorably in Watson's case, then the asking price might go up. So, if, you know, there, for some reason there aren't criminal charges filed and um, some of these civil complaints are dropped or settled or whatever, the price might actually go up. And if they wait till after the season ends, there might actually be more teams willing to kind of get back in that quarterback hunt after the season ends and, you know, they they have – they kind of flame out toward the end of the season. They're like, oh, I want to get a quarterback now. They, you know, the the bidders might increase because right now it looks like there's only I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say a handful of teams interested. Maybe a couple. I, I don't trust any of the sources right now, uh, and I put that in quotation because like all I'm the sources skeptical as well. I'm skeptical as well. They all come like, from Houston. Ex- that's true. That's true. You haven't seen any come from Miami. You haven't seen come any come from anywhere else. They've all come from Houston. I mean, one thing we do know is that the Dolphins are interested, though. I mean, they, they are interested. No, and and, so, and so. why wouldn't they be? You yeah. know, they should. You know, one of the things for me, I was I was at the beginning of the season, if you go back and watch uh, any of my old, uh, uh, old clock blocker show, you'll see that I was pro Tua. Tua's going to be and have an MVP year, so on and so forth. And what I realized is, is that Tua's, inefficiency to read defenses or being a rookie quarterback or second-year quarterback, whatever you want to say, I think you have to realize that he's still progressing. He's still getting better. But that window might be two or three years down the road. When I hear Deshaun Watson do a post-game press conference, and he's talking about, well, the DBs came in here and the and the safeties came out of here, and you can look at the linebackers and they pressed covered. You're like, holy cow. Like, my jaw was dropped the first time I ever heard Deshaun Watson talk about reading defenses. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the guy I want. Like, I want this quarterback. You know, and, and so I, I look at that. That's the time. And I don't think we have the coaching staff to get to it to there right now. So if they were to trade for – so that brings me into my last question, my last point. So you don't have faith in the current infrastructure to build up to it to the quarterback that you think he can be. I love um, Flo. I love Flo. I just don't like the people Flo's put around him. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a very fair critique, and you're not the only one that feels that way. Um, what makes you think that if they trade three first-round picks, two second-rounders, and a starting-level player – for Deshaun Watson, what makes you think that, one, they're able to surround him with the right infrastructure, and that, two, he himself can lift up a team that we've seen, and we I mean, you would admit the quarterback isn't really the problem with the team right now. If he is, he's not, if he, even, if, even if he is a problem, he's not one of the main problems. What makes you think I, that maybe Deshaun this. Watson fixes all that? I'll, good question. I'll say this. If Deshaun Watson was here, we would have won the Colts game. We would have won the Vegas game. And we would have won the Jaguars game. We would have won those three games if Watson was here. There's no doubt in my mind. Do I think Tua lost us those games? No. No. But I think he Watson, wasn't there for two of those games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think 
two, but I think Watson is that much better that he would have made more plays and we would have had more opportunities to put more points on the board. Forget what the defense has not done. Yeah, and by the way, that's, that. that's <laughs> just insane. That. We'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, I, I, I'll say this. When I, as a Dolphins fan of my entire life, when I say, hey, the Dolphins have tried everything, this franchise has tried everything. Well, hot darn it, I, I want them to literally try everything, Daniel. I want when I say that for it to be the truth, and I can be like, look, this team has done it all, and they still lose. So I don't know what the answer is, but right now I know the one thing they haven't tried is going out and getting a top five player in the league. No, that's a very fair point. I definitely understand that. Um, and right now as a fan, I'm just grasping. I'm just grasping for anything. I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs this year. We're not. But I just want to have hope. And, Daniel, I don't have hope right now. Yeah, I know, I mean, it's been a 20-year skid, really. And, but I can 20 definitely 20-plus year skid. 20-plus year. <laughs> Bro, my, my, look, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, okay? My, but I'm not as older as some of these wonderful other gentlemen that work for your wonderful uh, newspaper or other fans that, are, that watch my show. My first memory, like, I remember Dolphins Marino games. I do. But, like, I don't, I can't go back and be like, oh, I remember the fake spike game or all the, like, I remember just watching replays of it. I don't remember it live. My first memory of, like, watching a live game from beginning to end, knowing everything, was 62 to 7. Was Dan Marino's last game. Jacksonville Jaguars, AFC Divisional Round, where we lost 62 to 7. That's the first thing. That's what I remember from the beginning for me, okay? All you, all you know is pain. <laughs> all I know is pain, Daniel. That's it. That's all I know. Heartbreaking pain. Yeah. I, like I was saying, I've definitely seen the morale drop as the season's progressed. It's been a really disappointing stretch. Um, you know, but really with Watson, I mean, we're going to get some short-term clarity in the next week. They either trade for him or they don't. Um, if they don't, they're gonna ride the season out with Tua, and then I guess you know, I mean, I don't see them making. By the way, that's my that's my vote. I think we should ride up the season the rest of Tua. But you but also I, think they should trade for him. But until after the season, that, is that, so is that what you're saying? There, there are rumors that I heard that the criminal investigation will be done sometime in November. And so, if the criminal investigation is done by sometime in November, if that is a credible source and that is a real thing then we'll know what it is with Tua. And then at that point, I'm willing to pay four or five picks. I don't care what the asking price is. I will pay it. But right now, I say leave it alone. Let Tua play out the rest of the year. It's not like having Watson. Now, if you go out and get Watson, I ain't going to be mad at you. I'm just saying it, it behooves Miami. Miami's more in the driver's seat by not by not doing it right now, because I don't think any other team's going to trade for him right now. Oh, we're going to find out. We only got seven days, so we're going to find <laughs> out. Um, I do want to point out that um, Jenny Ventures, who's a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, she's done a lot of really, really good work um, kind of following this, this situation. Um, and I would encourage anyone who's a Dolphins fan or just any somewhat remotely interested in kind of the situation, the Watson situation, I would really encourage them um, to read Jenny's work. We're going to take a short break. Stephen D is going to stick with me. On the other end, we're not going to talk about Tua and Deshaun. We're going to talk about some other aspects of the team that's been struggling, as well as getting into the uh, rematch with the Bills game. Uh, so stick with us, and we'll be right back. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back. Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Stephen D is still with me. We've been having a really good time. Um, getting into Tua, the Deshaun Watson situation, all all aspects of that. Um, we're going to kind of switch gears a bit uh, and talk about another aspect of the team that's uh, really kind of regressed and has been a disappointment. That's been the defense. Um, and, and for me, and I think probably you and a lot of other fans and people that have been watching the team, the defense has really been the biggest disappointment. I mean, this is a defense that they were the top third rank, uh, top third down unit, um, they led the league in takeaways. Um, I think they were sixth in scoring defense, only allowing about 21 points per game. And that's just, like, turned on its head. Um, you know, they're one of the worst third-down teams in the league. They're giving up uh, their top of the league in terms of giving up points. Um, I think the takeaways have, you know, they've kind of remained on pace with the takeaways, but I, I don't think it's really translated to winning. And I, I think, you know, we everyone has asked so many questions, like, what is wrong with this what is wrong with this unit? And it, it's it's really hard to like put your finger on it. Like a, it feels like it's kind of a a bit of a whole bunch of things just adding up into a unit that's regressed. Um, I mean, I first want to ask you. You know, I've written a lot about this, but I mean, just just curious, what are your thoughts on the defense and some of the issues you've seen? In the words of the great Darius Rucker, "I'm such a baby because the Dolphins make me cry." I'm telling you, man. That, that I'm telling you right now, I, they have made me cry this year. Just watch. Like, how do you go from having the defense that you had last year, which, by the way, was probably a Super Bowl caliber defense last year. It was. Let's just, let's just throw it out there. That's why people put the Dolphins as like a dark horse team in the AFC because yeah. they were like, if this defense can stick to the way it's playing and the offense with two, it kind of takes a step Progresses. up. That's, yeah, that. The defense we were going to be the team. I said 13 wins this year, Daniel. Not because I'm a homer, but because I like I have stuff to base that on. I thought this out here making me look like a fool. I can do that all by myself, Miami. Like I don't. I, I don't need. I don't need y'all's help. But what I'm saying is, is um, I mean, it's been sad. You know, there have been some bright spots. Let me focus on the bright spots first. Emmanuel Agba. Yep. Sign that man today. Please sign that man. His price is going up for sure, by the way. Oh, my God. Like I said at the beginning of the year. I said at the beginning of the year, if y'all don't sign him at the beginning of the year, we're going to and, – and, and just knowing the Dolphins and the regime the way that it is, I truly believe Emmanuel Agba is not going to be a Miami Dolphin next year. And I pray that they prove me wrong. I pray that they prove me wrong. The other thing that's been a disappointment this year has been the secondary. Yeah. I said at the beginning of the year, there's this word. It's a pretty awesome word, Daniel. It's called depth. 
And I thought we had it in the secondary. I thought they did too. Boy, was I wrong. Was I wrong. And let me tell you who else I was wrong about. And we were all wrong about. And not only that, the first, the, the, the coaching staff was ridiculously wrong about. No equinogony. How do you have a first-round draft pick? Yeah. Scratch, a healthy scratch. Three three games, four games? I don't think he's only played in two games a season. So That's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. So, yes, it, it's been very disappointing to watch this team. The reason that we lost the last, we lost against Jacksonville and we lost against Atlanta, in my opinion, is defense. I mean, they were on the field last. They they had an opportunity to make a stop. I mean, they they had an opportunity to send the Jacksonville game to overtime, and they had an opportunity to steal the game again. And, and let's get something straight. I also blame the defensive play calling, a hundred percent. Like the fact that that don't even get me started on the Jacksonville game at the end. The timeout situation, yeah. The, the playing the middle of the field instead of the like the sidelines instead of the middle, of the, like don't even get me started. Like it, it frustrates me. And then if you look at this Atlanta game, they did do stuff. They had a fumble recovery, an interception. They set, and, up, they set up the offense. They uh, did to get back they in that did. game. Yeah. But the reality is, is defense. You need to do one thing above all else. Make stops when it counts. That's true. And they and they didn't when it counted. They didn't. They didn't in London. They didn't in Miami last week against Atlanta. They definitely didn't do it against Vegas. And it, it, it's it's tough to see it, man. It's really t- like it makes me. What did la- was last year a fluke? Was it a mirage? I mean, can you explain that to me? Because I I don't have an answer for it. The more the season goes, the more – I mean, I always viewed the second season, that 10 season, as kind of a overachievement, um, not a fluke. But the more it goes on, the more you question, like, they just kind of stumble on fool's gold and whatnot. Uh, I think two things have stuck out to me, and we spoke to um, – the media spoke to Josh Boyer and the rest of the coordinators um, you know, earlier Tuesday, and we asked them a lot about like, playing zone more instead of blitzing, which they were really good at. Um, and, you know, that's one thing that sticks out to me. They haven't been blitzing as much. Um, another thing that a lot of people have pointed out, and I haven't really focused in on it too much um, because I wasn't here, and I, I just don't know how much you know this plays a role in overall success. Um, but some of the veteran leadership that was uh, yep. they left, that they got rid of, um, Kyle Van Noy. Yep, and Bobby McCain. I was going to say Kyle Van Noy and Bobby McCain are the the two that stick out to me. Um, I, I know that Bobby McCain was a Real, he was a real veteran and really the most veteran guy that they had last year, along with Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe hasn't been playing as much. Um, and you know, you have some younger guys with Javon Holland and Brandon Jones. And I like Javon, um, but obviously he doesn't have that experience that Bobby McCain has. And, um, you know, they're relying a lot on Jalen Phillips instead of, you know, now Calvin and Noe. I mean, how much, from watching those guys last year, how much impact did they have on the defense that we saw last year? And how much do you think they're, they're missing some of those guys now? A hundred percent. They had such a big impact on the defense of last year. Uh, I was excited when we found out Jason McCourty was here because yeah. I thought he was going to play such a bigger role in the locker room. So I, I'm so glad you brought this up, Daniel, because here, my, one of my favorite saying, here's the reality, Daniel. My reality is I am losing faith in Flo. Here's why. I think Flo's a great coach. I think Flo understands what it takes to win, 
but I don't know if he's willing to do what it takes to win. And the reason I say that is because this is all hearsay. There's no nothing to base this also off of other than I test and what I have seen this franchise do in the last two years. You get rid of Kyle Van Noy. You get rid of Bobby McCain. You get rid of all these veterans. Yep. You get rid of any veteran coaching. Yep. That's fair. So what does that tell me about Flo? Flo, like, to me, that, that, that could be an ego thing. I'm not saying it is. No, no, just, that, that, I have that to put fair, the question on the table. That's a fair point. Is, is, is your ego so big that you can't have somebody checking you? Or a veteran coach that you can you know that that kind of could grab the room and kind of uh, garner that respect from from others. Yeah, and, 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 and I think that if we had that, I don't think this team would be one and six right now. I don't know if we'd have a winning record, but I don't think we'd be one and six. And I think the other reality of it too is, you know, I, I don't know how many veterans want to play with this guy. I mean, last year we saw Coach Flo go out in the Cincinnati game and fight other players. And I was the main one like, this is this is the guy. Oh, man, I, I, players want, must want to kill to play for a man like this. He's the man. And then Kyle Van Noy gets released out of nowhere, out of the blue. And you yeah. hear him go on the Pat McAfee show. And he's like, he's like, I would have done anything for him. If they had asked me to take a pay cut, I would have done it. He said this out loud. So to me, it's not, it wasn't a money thing because they could have easily done that. To me, it's an ego thing. And, and, and that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I'm not saying that's what it is, Daniel, but it's the only thing that makes any sense to me. And I know that I'm going to get killed for it because I know how much fans love Flo, and I love Flo, but Flo, you got to do something better for me because when you're in the post-game press conferences and you're like, well, I don't think we need to change anything. I think the game plan and the execution is great. I think what we're doing, we're, we're preparing the right way. Obviously not. You've lost Sanity your last is. six games. Sanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different, different results. So obviously it's not working, Flo. Yeah. And, he says and they're close, but he, said, he says they're close, which, I mean, fair enough. I mean, fair. You can could, you could make – I was looking at their schedule after the game. I got back from the interview room. And I was like, because Mike Kiseki made the point too. He was like, everyone always says, oh, are you really close? Are you really close? Yeah, we're that close. And I'm like. We've been saying that for 20 years, Daniel. <laughs> well, some, well, I haven't been here for 20 years, but some years they weren't really that well, close. Well, I'm telling you, we were saying, had, saying it for 20 years. They had three walk-off defeats, though. They had three walk-off defeats this season, though. 100%. And, and I'll do you one better, Daniel. If you go back and look in the last 15 years, what NFL team has lost by one score uh, uh, by one scoring possession or less? Who has lost the most games by one scoring possession or less? Uh, I'm gonna just guess and say Miami. I'm not a betting man. I do not gamble, but I would put anything that it would be the Dolphins. If not, they're up there. I'm telling you, there was a game years ago. Oh God, I can't remember it, but it was like seven of our ten losses. We're by like six points or less or seven points or less. And I just feel like that's, that is like, it, that's been what has happened with Miami. And, uh, you and I, I want to give a big shout out to, uh, Baltimore's 1057 the fan, Jeremy Kahn. Um, he says this saying, 
good teams find a way to win. And the reason I reference that is because I live up here in Baltimore and, and I used to work for them. But Jeremy would say good teams find a way to win. And I, I, I hated when he said that. But watching this season, I realized that the Dolphins are not a good team. They're, they're because they're not finding ways to win these close games, and that's that's the reality, and that's what it's been for us for 15 years. You know, not feel you, and you know, tying that into the the point before about you know kind of getting rid of some of the veteran guys and relying on some young guys. I mean, is it fair to just say that we misjudged? The talent on this roster because um I did I mean I think I did I mean sometimes can it just I mean they have good players I mean don't get me wrong they have good players um, Mike Kosecki's been uh, really good Emmanuel Agustin was good for a long term deal tomorrow <laughs> Christian Wilkins has been good they have good players but is it just kind of fair to say that they just they're just not as good as we thought um and I think that that's you know it's a lot of factors it's um the young, like I said, maybe getting rid of those veteran guys who you could depend on and the reliable um, young guys who haven't developed, like you said, Noah, Austin Jackson, others who haven't progressed as well, and then kind of your 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 what was supposed to be reliable players not really playing up to their standard. I mean, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, who had a great interception on Sunday, but his play is kind of dipped. And even 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 a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. I'm just saying, it's. I love X, I do, but he has not showed up this year, and it's been very, it's been hurt, it's been, it's been devastating. I mean, it was, it was, it was going to be tough to 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 match like what was it, ten interceptions, but yeah, the play. I, I don't know if it's because of injuries. I don't know if it's just because it's hard to be a top. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to play cornerback and play it as well as he has. Um, but you know, him, whether it's him, Byron Jones, a lot of other guys who are Jerome Baker, who was supposed to. Um, kind of step up. That man I mean, has been getting beaten pass coverage like nobody's business the last yeah, month. Yeah, like you, you can't pinpoint it on one player. You know, it's just kind of been from top to bottom, and yep. really with the franchise from top to bottom, from Chris Greer, from Brian Flores to the players, people just aren't getting which, it done. Which brings me to my next point, Stephen Ross. I I I love what Stephen Ross has done for the community. I th- I would rather have ten Stephen Rosses over one Jerry Jones any day of the week, twice on Sunday. But I don't know if I trust Stephen Ross's decision to make That's the right decision well. in the front office. You know, the thing is, you can get look, rid look, of look at Jeff Ireland. Yeah. Jeff Ireland was was horrible here. Jeff Ireland was what we said. We we chanted it from the rooftops. He goes to New Orleans. He does great. The guy in Minnesota. Doesn't do anything here. Goes to Minnesota. Great. And I guarantee you that if Greer leaves here, Greer will go somewhere and do great too. So um, it's something about Miami. It's something yeah. about Miami. I mean, I was gonna say. I mean, you can get rid of the players, the coaches, the gym. You can't get rid of the owners. So I mean, uh, I mean, you so, can. You get. We. we yeah, hey. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I feel bad for Ross. Yeah. I feel bad for him. I mean, he wants Watching. a winner. Yeah, he wants a winner. I mean, he's he wants a winner money. just as bad as I want one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you right now, he's not making the right decisions, you know, and and that's tough. That's it's just tough to watch on a week in week out basis as a fan. Nah, nah, I definitely understand that. Um, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out and who is safe, who is not. 
Um, but, you know, that's uh, we still got 10 more weeks of this, for better or for worse. Um, coming up on Sunday is a rematch with the Bills. Um, uh, we all remember that week two, 35-0 blowout uh, at Hard Rock Stadium. Tua getting knocked out on the second possession. Um, I feel like, and I'm, I, was, I mean, I'm going to write about this later in the week, like that was really the start of what has become a nightmare. It was season. the beginning of the end. It, it really was. Um, and I, I don't think anybody could have imagined, you know, the season would have kind of down down spiraled the way it has now. Um, I mean, did, did the Dolphins have any chance on Sunday? <laughs> I really don't. I, I think let, me, let, me, let me say this, Daniel. Right now. Let me say this, Daniel. I love my football team. I will forever be a Miami Dolphins fan. I respect Stephen Ross, and I want him to keep on making decisions as long as he – puts the best foot forward that he wants to put a Super Bowl winner out there, which I think that he does. I don't think he's just owning the team, knowing the team. I think he wants to have a Super Bowl winner too. And and I want Flo to put his ego away and bring in some veteran offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators in the offseason. With all that being said, there's no way in the world for winning on Sunday, bro. I'm joking. Can they cover? Can they cover? No, 13 and a half points, bro. They can't cover 13. No. No, sir. No. And I don't gamble. You know this. I don't gamble. I just, I wouldn't, even if I was, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because it, it, I, I just, Buffalo's, Buffalo's top three best team in the league. Top three. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, I would put uh, – it would probably be Tennessee, Buffalo, and Arizona in no particular order. Tennessee number three? Well, that's besides the point, but – I mean, I like what Tennessee does. And then and then you got the Rams, too. I'm forgetting about the Rams. So, I mean, look, those those four teams there are going to be there at the end when it's all said and done. And let's not forget Tampa, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Um, did you see the Monday Night Football thing with him and Manning? I did. <laughs> Where he said that the, the games he played that were the worst for him were those two thousand early two thousand yeah, Miami was, Dolphins teams. Yeah, it was that time. Was yeah, I thought that was really cool. That was really, that was really cool. To and I, and I was prepared. I was prepared for this team to make that step this year. Yeah, and I was wrong. Oh, I was wrong, Daniel. I was so wrong. I'm such a baby because the Dolphins <laughs> make me cry. Can't can't even cover. Well, I, I will say this. Um, I said it. I said it after after the Jaguars game. I said um, the season is a wash. They're not making the playoffs. But I think that the rest of the season is really about Tua's development and Tua's yep. progression. And that's why I think that while I don't think that the Dolphins are going to win, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close, I do think that this game will be interesting to see how Tua responds because um, he has played really well against two bad defenses. Yep. And that's fair to point that out. You're not being a hater if you point that out. Um, the Dolphins are, I mean, the Bills are... Oh, they'll still call you a hater, bro. Don't even worry about it. The fans here will definitely do that. Yeah, that's why I mean my comments. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think this, this will be interesting because the Bills are a top three defense. They're the best pass defense in the league. Um, and obviously, the whole team has struggled a lot against the Bills. So I think that this will be interesting. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence that we're going to see the same performance that we saw in the past few weeks. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong about... The Dolphins supposed to win. I, hey, I want to be wrong. Please let me be wrong. I want to uh, let me be the wrongest I've ever been. 
and Miami all of a sudden go on a 10-game winning streak, and we finish 11-6. and six. Boy, I would love to be wrong, Daniel. I would love to be wrong. I'll be so happy to be wrong. Never in my life. And I, I, don't, I don't either, and that's the sad part. But I agree. I think, I think what I want to see from Tua on Sunday is how do you look in the pocket? How do you look taking another sack? Are you as fragile as some people want to say you are, which I don't think you are. I think you can take a hit. I just um, – I'm going to watch. I will be watching because I, I am watch. a true fan. I have to watch. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a true fan. I don't have to. I choose to. And I will choose to every Sunday for the rest of my natural born life because I love this team, and uh, you know that that's what it is. And I'll, I, I, that's why I made my podcast network. It's a network made by a fan for the fans, and um, I just want to give the fans a voice. And I hope that I'm doing that. And I know fans don't always agree with my voice, but it's a voice. So, no, I mean, um, you know, with your enthusiasm, support, love for the team, I know that. There's a lot of people that feel the same way as you, and I feel like that's why sometimes you get like the negative backlash and I do. Uh, the con- no, I mean, well, not even just you, but just in general, you you, you see that <laughs> because the team, the fans just want they're like kind of starving for for that that success that we've seen other franchises get. And hurt people, hurt people, and right now, Dolphin fans are hurt, bro. They, they hurt. Uh, so I take it with a grain of salt. I take it with I I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain. Nah, nah, I feel you. And um, like I said, this. This Sunday is going to be telling. The next week is going to be really interesting. Uh, I will have my eyes glued to my phone and my laptop. I'm going to be looking for the Schefter and Ian Rappaport. Yeah, I feel like everybody's got their notifications on for the next seven days. Like, yeah. all right, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Nope, 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 nope. And the moment trades start happening, we're like, is this one it? Nope, just playing. Like, it's 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 going to be funny. Um I do think the Dolphins are going to make some trades. I don't even think it will be a trade. I think we will make some trades. Maybe Xavier Howard. Uh, I, just, I, I think Xavier Howard. His name's go. been floated. I haven't seen reports, but his name has been floated as like a potential trade ship because of you know his contract situation and the team not being good. I think, honestly, as much as I love Xavier, and I do love X, I think it's smart for Miami to trade him. He's a commodity that we don't need, that we can't afford or need right now. Trade him. Get rid like get it get a first round pick if you can for him, which I, I think I you should they, get. I don't know if they can't get a first round pick. I mean look, I'll take injury a history and I don't feel look, like the Dolphins would be in a position of leverage right there. If, hey, look, here's one thing I'll say about Greer. That man can make a trade. That man yeah. knows how to make trades, bro. That's true. And there's nothing else about Chris Greer. He won't make a trade. Trades, bro. So yeah. I, I truly think that we will see some trades go down in the next few days. But honestly, man, I'm looking forward to the following weekend, fan club weekend. Uh, I'm going to be down there for nine days. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm excited to see you, meet you in person. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Come out to Bow Campers Saturday, November 5th. I think it is, right? November 5th or November 6th? November Whatever 6th. that Saturday is. November 6th, yeah. Yep. From 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., Bo Campers in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we'll be out there. I'll be there live, as well as there'll be a huge meet and greet from fans all over the country, as well as the Dolphins Nation Mexico fan club will also be there. Um, and then uh, uh, Mark Duper will be there uh, doing a private autograph signing. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to SinbadSports.com for your tickets. 
But if you want more information, just follow us at Miami Sports Music uh, on all social media, and, and we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff, and we're going to be streaming live from the event. It'll be great. No, it's definitely going to be a good time. I'm excited to be there. Um, really excited to have you. <laughs> really excited that you were able to come on. Um, this brings us to another, uh, to the end of another episode of the Dolphins in Debt podcast. I um, want to say thank you one last time to Stephen D. Next week um, is going to be it's going to be a doozy either way or another. One way or another, <laughs> uh, the NFL trade deadline is Tuesday, 4 p.m. We always record Tuesday evening, so we might have a uh, a packed oh, show. I just thought about that. You're going to be on my show Tuesday morning. During, like that'll be a fun Tuesday show. Yeah. Preview and everything, and then you know whatever shakes out, we gonna we gonna talk about it later in the in the evening. Um, but it you know it's gonna be an interesting weekend, interesting seven days. And um, you know, again, we'll be here to recap it all. So uh, thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I really appreciate you allowing me to come on. Hopefully, this isn't the last time you allow me to come on. Uh, you're not like, oh, this guy is crazy. I don't know if I can have him on no more.